Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to Energy Speaks Back, powered by B2B Energy. My name is Paul Webb, and I'm the founder of B2B Energy, and I'm your host. And weekly, I present to you energy experts from around the world. Welcome to episode 116. And our purpose, as always, is to provide a good understanding of energy management knowledge from around the world, which is available today for us to deliver savings that impact on our planet. We would like to thank Esther Energy, who are our certificate partners. My guest today fights climate change with innovation because he has a five-year-old. He is the founder of Blue Horizon Consulting, taking client opportunities within startups in cleantech. He delivers on the sustainability, clean energy, and social equity outcomes. So without any further ado, I give you Matt McCunas. Good evening from me, and it's good early afternoon from you, Matt. How are you today? I'm doing well. Uh, good evening to you uh, from uh, the right coast of the United States and New England. Brilliant. And you were saying it's between New York and Boston. Is that right? Equidistant, uh, about 100 miles in either direction. Centers right. of gravity right around us. It's funny when you say things like that in America, because 100 miles is still quite a long way from that's a fair old trot, isn't it? It's a fair trot for a state the size of Connecticut. We're not like the western states that are just big squares, you know, a thousand miles across. A uh, hundred yeah. miles is a trot. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. And what's the, the weather doing where you are? It looks like it's sunny there. Is it bright this morning? It's beautiful and sunny right now. I just took the hound for a walk and I'm actually overdressed right now. I'm sure I'll start sweating halfway through this. But uh, <laughs> yeah, beautiful weather for month of May. Brilliant. And have you noticed any differences this time of year in, in with your the seasons in where you are? Actually, you know what I've started noticing in the past few years is the seasons and the weather have not really marched in lockstep anymore like there's that old uh song about you know uh, hoping for a white christmas with all the snow and the snow doesn't really arrive until january or later nowadays uh you're in the fall and it seems like the august weather stretches well into october it's like everything's starting to offset uh, by a month or two Uh, i'm not exactly sure if that's climate related or not i don't want to overstate but you know we know there's some uh, stuff going on there's something going on, isn't there? We we do see that. One of my telltales, and I was talking about this the other day, we have, when I was younger, it used to, April showers, okay? So in April, rain. But one minute it'd be sunny, then it'll rain. One minute sunny, then rain, then sun, then rain. And it used to be known as April showers. We seem to still get that in May now. So it's a shift. See if we've got that shifting a little bit. That's consistent with the shift. I was just noticing that yeah. the other day. All the rain seems to arrive in May instead of April now. Yeah. Exactly. And you get that in, in the U, uh, in the U.S. then? The April shower type thing? Locally, yeah. Uh, they, wow. We know the rhyme here, and yet uh, all the rain seemed to arrive once May arrived instead of April. I've been noticing that the last few years. And, yeah. and I don't know whether it's an age thing, but I seem to be clocking the temperatures more. Every morning, I sort of think, oh, we're creeping up. We're creeping up to... May, you're heading towards summer now, but doesn't seem to be creeping up that quick. But we still are. I still find myself recording it in my head. Oh, it's getting warmer. And I notice it now. It's obviously today I've been out. I've had a shirt on, no coat. First time this year, no coat. 
little bit nip in the air, but I still force myself not to wear a coat. You, you just, even without being a professional climate scientist, you know, uh, what is it, the El Nino, El Nino phenomenon? There, there's yeah. something along those lines this year. And even if you're not to that professional level, you have it in a karmic sense, you know, like, ah, oh, it was a nice warm winter. Yeah, we're going to pay for it in the summer. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what we could talk for ages on this? Because we've got every time you're mentioning something, I'm thinking of something else. Yeah, <laughs> but we can, can't we? Definitely can. We could so, we could fill the hour. Uh, we didn't definitely. Research, so we could just you know talk about the weather and yeah. Uh, that's an that's an English thing though, isn't it? So Matt, we have met through LinkedIn. Obviously, we've had some exchange. First time today, so thank you for joining us. That we've actually engaged. So you know. I'm going to get to know more about you. This is like us having a one-to-one as well, which is brilliant. So for the benefit of the audience and for myself, can you give us some background to yourself? Um, so what you're doing in the industry now and, and maybe touch on your origin story regarding where you've come from. Thank you. So I guess I'll take it chronologically, my own chronological, right? reverse chronological to yourself. Um So, you know, the earliest I could think of with energy, I suppose, um, my grade school science fair, I was measuring the electrical draw from all the household appliances uh, and comparing their efficiencies. And Mm -hmm. it was probably like a stealth uh, sort of chore for my dad at the time who just wanted data, you know, but (laughs) I was still able to do it. Uh, You know, later on, Uh, It took into my early 20s when it kind of congealed for me, uh, crystallized the idea that, yeah, I want to be involved in renewable energy, uh, climate change, even though that might not have been the term du jour back then. Uh, It's a worthy endeavor, kind of dedicating the rest of one's life to doing something along those lines in your own uh, minuscule way, you know, shifting the inertial mass of how humanity operates. Uh, you, in my own tiny way, I wanted to do something with that, and I thought that was right. kind of worthy endeavor. Um, so since then, how many years ago uh, was that? Uh, so in my early twenties, that would have been well about twenty years ago. Wow. Yeah. So cut me in half, and that's when I started. Uh, so <laughs> now, early forties, you know, got the family now, uh, got the house, uh, which some of my uh, energy improvement ambitions, you know, kind of had to wait for that, right? Um, solar on the roof, uh, do the large-scale efficiency job, um, driving a Nissan Leaf uh, for the past, I don't know, um, eight years, seven years, uh, right. a few different models, but still mm-hmm. the old-school model of the Leaf. Um, worked in and around government, uh, especially the legislative branch, uh, for about seven years. I was a staffer there uh, for elected officials. So I kind of got to see every angle of society, right? And uh, that's when I really got the energy bug. I, of all the committees doing policy work there, I was always tuned in the most on energy. Right. Uh, I wanted to know how that worked. Um, did a little bit of uh, consulting after that and then moved quickly into um, being a legislative go-between for our state's first, or rather the U.S.'s first green bank, uh, like a clean energy financing uh, entity uh, that mobilizes private capital into project deployment for like commercializable clean tech. Right. Um, So I was there uh, for another seven years, I'd say. And then uh, starting last year, I formed a consultancy uh, to work with uh, 
clean tech startups and also associations uh, in like the solar and battery space um, all around the world, uh, ironically. Uh, like <laughs> you'd think it would be right in my backyard. Yeah, I yeah. do do some mentoring with the regional accelerator for New England, uh, the largest one there. But I also work with a few other startups. Um, let's see. One develops electric vehicle charging hubs uh, wow. combined with like amenities and on-site renewables, uh, like an Uber zero emissions sort of construction development. And they're starting to uh, scale with their property acquisitions. Um, another provides climate science data uh, to companies uh, to inform them of like their financial risk exposure, right? Uh, as we were just talking about the weather uh, for the first 10 right here. Uh, and, you know, okay, what happens when the weather starts changing on your gold mine uh, or on your suite of uh, residential properties, mm -hmm. right? Or uh, hotels, like how many days a year are you going to be closed for um, across 11 different reasons, right? Yeah. Uh, because that's going to really matter uh, financially as you start marching yeah. uh, decade by decade into the future. And so giving them predictions on that risk. Um, another one out of Africa, actually, they're developing like a blockchain sort of communications system for carbon crediting, um, which is on its way. I, I was a you know, big uh, uh, enthusiast for a little while on uh, leading my own project uh, when it came to developing carbon credits from like electric vehicle charging data sets. So I've got a little bit of background there. Um, granted, you know, the usual advice, you know, re reduce your own. Uh, 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 emissions loading uh, of the atmosphere first before you start buying others uh, carbon credits, but still, uh, you know, some market fluidity right there. Um, and actually, a few of them are like that. Um, another does something very similar. Uh, an outfit from well across the world <laughs> uh, helps others develop uh, carbon credits from electric vehicle charging data sets. And uh, another company is developing like a digital reward system uh, for people who fulfill micro actions, like small projects to fulfill UN sustainable development goals. Right. Uh, plastics cleanup, litter cleanup, uh, tree planting, uh, that sort of thing. Trying to figure out if you can quantify and then place a value on that and then reward people for that. So it's all over the map. Uh, in terms of what I'm involved with right now, it's very different uh, from my work in and around government before, but it's kind of fun for that same reason. It's yeah. much early stage, right, uh, than the commercializable tech that I used to deal with. So um, getting the full sweep of it. Right How now. far does the startup take? How, we, we talk a lot about startups. Where, how long you, they, they form the company, you help them with the ideas. How far do you take them along the journey before, when, when, when does the startup stop becoming a startup? If that is the right thing I'm meant to be asking. Good question. Um, you know, some of them are formed just by PhD students and yet yeah. we have literally invented a technology right here. Right. And so now they need, uh, like some business acumen to start, uh, yeah. advising them. we don't know what contracts looks like. What's it, what's an equity. We don't know yeah. what equity means. Yeah. Um, and so, there's that angle of things, which is, you know, very early stage, more like the inventors. Um, there's folks who've got some acumen with it, like uh, developers who will put teams together, like general contractors. Um, there's, well, 
people with great big ambitions um, that just need to land the money uh, in some way or another, whether it's yeah. uh, developing their book of business or considering whether to sell off pieces of their company for uh, investor equity. So it is kind of all over the place in terms of the folks I deal with. Uh, a few of them are much more mature and they know what they're doing. They know what their company is and what their goals are. Um, you know, I assume there's probably some point uh, out there uh, between pre-seed funding, uh, yeah. seed funding, series A, by the time you get to series X, you know, whatever that is, series A, B, C, when you're raising millions of dollars from the market and starting to uh, apportion uh, partitions of your company off as equity in exchange for millions of dollars, you're probably not a startup anymore. Uh, but I don't know if there's a clear dividing line on that. You might have interviewed smarter podcast guests than I. Who've, who've got no, like no you're the first three. one, Matt. You're the first one. They can right, talk well, about whether. Can... You said you like benchmarks. So that I'm the benchmark. <laughs> um, so and, and also it's coming across that they're quite a, uh, a wide range of different things that you're. I suppose from your point of view, you, a business is a business, isn't it? And an approach is approach. It doesn't really matter, does it, at the end of the day, whether they're producing a widget or a service or an idea. Am I right in saying that? You're right in saying that. It depends on how they think of themselves and how they structure themselves. For example, you could a lot of startups, as you traditionally consider them, yeah, they'll be companies, right? They're designed to be for-profit um maybe they're in the uh uh on the side of the angels not angel investor but you know they, they have yeah. good intentions in mind primarily and so they'd be like a b corp or something like that like a benefit corporation uh structuring like that others are startups that become nonprofits, um and that's what they have in mind it's not necessarily um we're going to make an investor return uh it's that we're scaling to the point of break even right uh and we've got philanthropic or you know government resources in mind to be doing that backing behind their mission work um i primarily it probably is intended to be for profit i, I do imagine so yeah. yeah uh but there's a variety of uh structures that one could take under that in addition some startups you know uh they'll be almost serial entrepreneurs where they scale to a certain degree uh but it's not with the idea of changing the entire game uh once they grow their business because it is an entirely different game then right you've got headcount uh you've got to be paying salaries um you've got to do customer acquisition in every direction you're thinking you've got different market positioning yeah um comes a different game when a startup's not a startup anymore and you know some folks are just really good at doing that very initial piece of it and then just selling the business right because yeah. the majors uh, if you've got a good idea, then they will snatch it up. Uh, right. And then, well, if if you're like a serial inventor or a visionary, I mean, you can just take that in a different direction after that, you know, use that money for the next project, so to speak. So. And is there an ideal starting point for someone for you to be engaged or does it not matter? For me to be engaged, uh, if history of the past year serves as a guide, it doesn't matter in the slightest uh, because uh, they do seem to be at uh, different points in their own um, yeah, yeah. personal professional missions and so that's just been an interesting thing to observe and do you find when you start getting involved it starts to accelerate in the right direction or not 
Well, I hope so. I mean, uh, if I was being honest, it's like, oh, it probably reflects the universe of the general population, right? I, yeah. I can't claim a perfect batting average. Uh, I'm, I wouldn't claim a perfect failure rate either, and nor would I put it all on myself. Uh, again, there's a lot of variables in terms of where their starting point is, yeah. what they're actually uh, going toward, and what they're seeking from me, really. Is it um, we need assistance with grant writing? right? Uh, we're applying to accelerators or um, is it more a matter of networking? Uh, we need you to introduce us over here, here and here, or can you knock on a thousand doors in this direction, right? Uh, we mm -hmm. need uh, to do business development. So what is asked of me uh, can actually be really different uh, based on what the need is uh, within a given startup, which are always constrained in terms of the cluster of people surrounding them um, who's willing to give their support at that stage when there's not necessarily a steady paycheck or any paycheck at all uh, when they're very future focused and looking toward, uh, okay, we can create something that five years down the road, uh, who knows, this will be the next billion dollar company uh, because we think we have a great idea. And so a few of them are at that stage, right? Where maybe they'll be more modest than that, but, um, you know, okay, we are essentially doing this on our own shoestring right now uh, because we know we've got a good idea. This could either be sold later or um, we could keep all our hard labors and um, not work for a paycheck, so to speak, yeah. right? Not have those shackles, but instead um, be uh, uh, liberated to start one's own enterprise and uh, pursue the market. I, I've met amazing people uh, over the past year doing that who are extraordinarily driven, uh, each with their own uh, uh, personal and professional missions. So uh, yeah, it's been an honor to simply get that exposure to people. Yeah. Um, these sorts of early visionaries who see something, right? Are we it's seeing fun. any themes of this, these businesses? Like um, I, I, in the renewable world, are we seeing the theme of, say, batteries or solar? Is there a theme that you're seeing? You think, oh, here we go again. Another another solar system or another. Is, is there a theme that we're looking at? Uh, there's not necessarily a theme for me other than climate tech writ large, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Which, you know, you go back further in time it's uh, you know clean tech or renewable energy or alternative energy or alternative technology um it, when it comes to that no uh actually i got exposure to a lot of that just recently through the new england regional i saw some great companies out there i mean some are very much uh in the engineering and invention sort of realm with uh we've got a new form of thin film uh, right here that's got some novel applications that aren't yet in use in the market or that we think we can do 10% better on uh, than rival companies, that sort. Um, in other cases, actually more frequently, uh, at least in my recent encounters, um, it seems like it's the soft uh, sort of technology. It's not necessarily the hardware, it's the connective tissue um, hmm. to get existing commercializable technology into the hands of more customers let us be your concierge, your digital concierge and hold the strings together for the incentives on the state level, on the federal level, on the local level, um, scope out a project for you um, just to make everything easy and as one click 
uh, as we could possibly make it for the customer. I've seen a few like that. Uh, I've even heard of one use. I don't. I hope not to say too much. It's not like I'm on. Yeah, no, no, I'll get that. I'll get that. Anyone. It's just, but I happen to hear some ideas. Uh, you know, like using a sort of lidar uh, technology to just scan a house, and uh, there you have your efficiency audit, and we know exactly uh, what's going on right here. And ah, we could put the heat pump over here, and actually, yeah, it was very much oriented in that direction. Is um, not taking up hours of a customer's time with having someone walk through the house, and yeah. uh, where should we place the heat pump? Uh, but knowing almost instantaneously uh, through sensing technology. So the use of new sort of uh, uh, software and sensing technologies uh, seems to be where it's at a little bit more so, at least as yeah. far as what I'm exposed to. Yeah. Can, can we, there's in the back of my mind, so I, I feel that we've all got this um, task, okay, to reduce in, you know, the ultimate task is to, avoid climate change and avoid and improve sustainability so i feel there's three groups of people out there as a group you would you dovetail across that group i feel and that is you've got the energy management side which is where i feel i sit in so i'm within the team whereby we're managing organizations third largest cost consumption cost carbon you then got on top of that, or next to us, you've then got the renewable guys, solar, batteries, wind, um, geothermal, um, hydrogen, everything in that that sector delivering that. And then you've got on the other side where you've got making everything regarding the, the, the environment. So looking at plastics, looking at trees, looking at how we could sustain rivers, et cetera, et cetera, and seas, et cetera. So these, these three approaches – where do you think majority of all of this clean tech ideas, what, what categories are they sitting in? Or is it across the whole piece? So uh, the multiple choice, uh, and then you add <laughs> to the end, like none of the above and all of the above, right? Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to have to do all the above, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. I so are, are they fitting in? So everything that's coming to you is you could pigeonhole them in all the different slots, yeah? Uh, I would imagine, yeah, you've got some amazing energy management and building um, thermal and building energy management companies out there that uh, are innovating every day and finding better yeah. ways to do this. Yeah. Uh, when I'm exposed to that, I'm almost a little bit surprised because it, you wouldn't be uh, in that field. But, you know, ah, hasn't that tool already been invented? Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and why isn't, isn't, already doing and that why isn't the manufacturer doing that? That's what right. I always come up with. What? If you've got this great technology, why isn't all the boilers, all the chillers using that technology? Right. It's not in their interest, maybe. I don't know. But And is it just a case of economics or is it that they needed to get approached at the right point in the sales cycle or development cycle for that given project? And, oh, that would be nice if we could do that. But the you know property owner didn't sign off on that given thing because ah, I don't want to think about another thing right now you know i'm busy yeah. with all this over there uh a lot of times it's just human behavior like that in terms of um are you going to go deep enough uh when it comes to those energy improvements um certainly on renewable energy and then you've got those interesting commodity questions of where do you slot in stuff like hydrogen uh, yeah. as like storage or energy medium uh i was going to joke earlier in terms of my professional hats i wear and i'm like uh 
a hack lawyer, a hack financier, a hack marketer. I was going to say I'm also like a, a truck driver who drives hydrogen around, but that would have been a complete lie. Uh, so um, there would be on the renewable side, you know, definitely those next frontiers. There's way more room, of course, for solar and wind power. You probably discussed that with others. I mean, the main barrier right there to terawatts of power coming online here in the States yeah. is the interconnection queue. Um, so it's not necessarily let's invent a better mousetrap. It's like, let's just enable them. Let's get them yeah, yeah. into the game uh, a little bit faster. Um, but there are uh, other complementary technologies like storage, um, which is huge right now. Uh, I've just recently been learning the U.S. is punching above its weight uh, when it ter- uh, in terms of its uh, storage manufacturing capacity. Mm-hmm. Like we're doing pretty well right there. Um, there's hydrogen, which we just talked about, which is storage medium or uh, potentially a generation uh, component, uh, thermal. Um, there's uh, geo, uh, you know, here in the Rockies, uh, we've got a ton of resource uh, over there and hydro fracking uh, technology, which could actually be repurposed from natural gas and you know, maybe move it over to that. Um, there's new frontiers that we could definitely get into on environment, uh, on energy, uh, on environment, not, shouldn't be left out of the equation by any means. Right. No. Uh, and that's not only because it's important and we love it. And, uh, when we plant more forests, uh, then they act as carbon sinks and maybe that can mitigate climate change, but also we're starting to get to the point where we need to adapt to climate change. Uh, at the same time, right? It's getting more and more obvious that we need a buffer against resilience, more volatile storms, um, the changing weather patterns, uh, things like that. And so um, the role shouldn't be understated of how much needs to happen uh, when it comes to um, the insurable surface of Earth and making sure that uh, humanity can reside on as much of that as possible as long as it can uh, productively and harmoniously with what's around it. Yeah. I think that was E. That was all of the above. That was all of the above. You covered everything. Thank you for answering that so comprehensively. Now, I'm going to change the tact. I like doing that. I like changing the tact of my questioning. I'm going to pick up on, so you talked about mentoring. Um, that's really close to my heart. I, I've, I believe when you've got a skill, we need to be bringing that skill and sharing that skill with other people. So is there anything like we would have, hopefully someone listening to this conversation today. Okay, I say today because it could be two weeks time and it could be today when they're listening to it. So they're listening to this today. They or think, in the Library of Congress years from now. Yeah. Yes. I've got an idea. What do I do with it? What do I do with, is there some, if I had an idea today and I said to you, mate, what can I do with this? Is that something you could say? Can you give them some advice this minute that would just instantly make them think what they could do? Yes. Let me take that in a few different ways, consistent with you switching things up. Um, number You're not one. You know, let us switch the answers around, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so now all of the above is A. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, number one, uh, believe that you've got something and that you're mm-hmm. onto something, right? It starts with the internal game, actually. 
um, and keeping yourself in the game. Yeah, I, I just again, last week uh, I was at the regional accelerator and one of two of uh, the folks who impressed me the most, um, they were specifically mentors to startup founders, but about the mental game uh, in being a startup founder and okay. what that takes to actually prepare yourself um, psychologically and I suppose physically, you know, have your proteins uh, when it comes to uh, having the durability to form a startup, right? right. Uh, because it's not going to be for everyone. And so um, that is where I would start right there is start with you. Uh, make sure that if you can't knock on a door of the major uh, uh, of one of the majors and sell your idea to them on the first go, uh, that you're prepared to do it again and again uh, and yeah. to refine your product and be iterative um, so that you'll be able to get there because it, yeah. it always takes a few steps, right? Um, that would be my major piece of advice right there. In terms of the more you know tactical stuff, um, yes, uh, most, I would say, developed and even developing countries right now have some sort of overlay of folks who want to help, right? Um, like startup accelerators or uh, even prior to that, incubators, uh, co-working spaces, places where you could germinate or ideas with other people who are in similar situations as yourself in terms of being early stage founders, um, learn what works and what doesn't in terms of maybe not your exact technology, but the broader ecosystem of, okay, where is this going to fit and how do I make it fit? Mm -hmm. What is a, um, a template legal document or equity document even look like? Uh, what kind of homework do I need to do in order to um, start thinking about that? Uh, at what stage is a patent application appropriate? Um, those sorts of considerations are good to germinate inside incubators. And then there's obviously uh, accelerators out there with coaching, mentoring, um, lots of the hand-holding through the process and introduction to networks, be it of other companies in those networks or investors. Mm -hmm. uh, and then more advanced stages like uh, uh, startups or prize opportunities where, yeah, they specifically want a piece of you. Uh, and are you ready uh, to hop into the shark tank and say, oh, okay, uh, I'm ready for 5%, 10% of my company in perpetuity. If you're willing to seed me uh, with 100,000, 200,000, uh, of pounds, dollars uh, that uh, we could use uh, to get going as far as either simply living uh, for uh, a founder or um, showing those results through building out uh, a tech stack or hiring uh, services uh, such that you could uh, slot that in to uh, your operations and scale it to such degree that you can attract even more interest in investors as well as a book of business. Yeah. Um, I hope that's sufficient. Uh, yes no no I, I like the way to start is whether you're ready for the bumpy ride basically because it could be bumpy could be smooth you don't know no one knows do they what like is going to be expected but they need to be prepared for a ride of their life maybe <laughs> you better believe it and i i forget the statistic but what maybe 90 percent fail uh yes yeah. when it comes to you know i've, I've got realistic with people isn't it yeah, uh, this is a renewable energy fountain pen. This will make a billion dollars. And now let me try it. No, it's not going to work. Uh, so, yeah. you know, in, I understand in that. more rational ideas. Um, and, you know, you got to be prepared. 
uh, to fall on your face uh, if you're going to step out there. Yeah, yeah. So I know you've just given us some insights. Just touch on one more thing, really. The biggest thing that's just come out of this from me, I, I'm not a financial, I'm not a mentor regarding that and helping people regarding startups. However, everything you mentioned there, I understood the wording. Okay. I don't know how, probably for all the many podcasts I've been doing and the people I've spoken to. So the vocabulary is the biggest thing. I think it's going to, you know, if you start talking to these guys straight away and you start talking about seeding incubators, you know, is and they're going to think, wow, what what's going on here? It, it, there's a little bit of a stepping stone for them to understand some of the terminal. I presume that you would have to change your approach to that as well when you're when you're dealing with this. If they don't understand all this wording, you're going to have to take a step back and actually make it understandable for them, aren't you? I mean, you'd have to. Otherwise, they're going to be like, this guy's going to run circles around us and take our whole company from us. He's just yeah. using a bunch of vocab words. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you just going to scare them, aren't you? Exactly. Um, And, you know, my advice on that, I suppose, would be talk to people. Right. Yeah. Have as many conversations with as many people as you possibly can, um, whether it's at your level or, you know, below, if you feel like you could be a teacher and certainly above, you know, be willing to be the dumbest person in the room that raises your hand and ask that question that nobody else thinks should be asked because somebody's got the answer already. And And be open and be open with everyone. And so, totally you know, when you're, when you're saying about these wordings, you, you, you explain them, you know, I'm happy for you to ask the question and be open with me, you know, that's important. Exactly. Right, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's common sense, isn't it? It is common sense. It, it's not just startup life. Uh, you want to know something you ask, yeah. right? Um, you want to germinate ideas and break out of your own head as far as uh, I think this must be a great idea. I don't know what to take it or where to go. I'll just do what I already know and keep on going down whatever rabbit hole that is. You know, I've, yeah. uh, I've now engineered uh, 0.25% uh, uh, improvements in this product even more so. It's only taken me two years, but I still don't know, have any connections over here or book of yeah, business. Yeah. Um, as one example, um, talk to people so actually some of the most successful people i know are some of the most dauntingly impressive ones uh talk to absolutely everybody uh and uh, even if it's not of immediate value uh to them uh still uh still being able to uh put yourself out there for unfamiliar conversations uh that's where some of the real gold is found yeah brilliant so Matt, it's come to that time in the interview where I, I put you on the spot. You're going to laugh because I've already asked you to give something back already. But is there anything? Spot. Is there anything you can put? Is there anything you can give back to the industry and people listening today um, as a takeaway from today's conversation? There's room for optimism. Um, there's always room for innovation. We've never reached the end of history. Uh, there's always more to go uh and there's more generations of uh people and biosphere around us uh to help and support and the more you give out the more you give back and have you written any books around this any text around this subject you talk very fluently on it don't you what do you mean not that you're aware of 
Well, I could put together a whole bunch of scratch pads that are only legible. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe a, eventually I could form a manuscript. I have no idea. Um, right. I think you yeah, should actually. Answer, I think. No. I think you should how-to book because the way you're talking about this is very clear. You come across very clear. You explain everything. You have your stages to explain the answers, which I think comes across very, very, very good. I like it. You're you're far too gracious, Mr. Webb. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, there's one more question I'm going to ask you, and um, I want to know what the guitar is behind you. What's that about? Is that yours? No, the uh, other side. The one that looks like on your left shoulder, it looks like you're going to get pick it up and start playing it. Uh, I can't in front of you because I need an amplifier and that's its whole, I need to do some stuff with it. Uh, but yeah. Uh, it's beautiful, by the way. Ergodyne. Um, it's a, it's unique, right? Uh, yeah, it's beautiful. It's I like this. So I, um, I started in middle school playing guitar. My parents wouldn't let me get one unless I took lessons, uh, right. which was prescient on their part. Like I had to stay with it, right? Uh, and so that got me into guitar, did high school jazz band for four years. I formed like a punk band, a hardcore band, and, you know, I was doing my thing as a, a youngster, um, kind of set it down for playing organized past that. But then eventually, uh, that looks into, like a, a bass. Is that a bass guitar? Exactly. I eventually moved into bass guitar. Number one, because of market need, uh, guitarists <laughs> are everywhere, right? You, you I love it. You, you're even thinking like about startups still, aren't you? You're there. You're there, man. I love there. it. Uh, and it's fun. Uh, so, yeah, I've uh, been doing the slap bass thing, you know, getting more into that. Uh, Brilliant. Uh, some funky rhythms. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I used been... to like um, Level 42. The lead singer on that was a bass player. Do you remember them? Uh, you're you're gonna have to... backward looking. And for me, Level 42 is going to be forward looking. I'm looking forward to checking them out. Yeah, you need to look because he he was very good at the uh, the bass player. Oh, nice! I recommend you go and check that out. So, Matt, thank you very much for sharing with us your knowledge and coming on to talk to us today. Thanks for that last little bit about the guitar because I think that shows you as a person. You now you're getting hold of something and you're driving it forward. So that's brilliant. Thank you for your time today. It's been great. Bless your heart for the invitation. I appreciate it, Paul. And thank you for the level 42 recommendation as someone who's about to turn 42. Uh, I, I've got my own uh, special takeaway from you on that in terms of how yeah. I'm going to level up. So Excellent. thank you. Give us gain. And Matt, you and your family stay safe in these times. As well as you, sir. I appreciate the invitation. 